everyone, and welcome back to the podcast series, Leadership Perspectives from the Field. And today I'd like to introduce Mayank Jane. Before we get into the key questions, I'd like to just pass over to Mayank to just introduce himself briefly so we all know his background. Mayank, welcome. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here and to be talking to you. Uh, so my my background, I, I've been doing about... For 15 years, I've been doing workforce transformation, planning, and analytics. Uh, I've built and led teams uh, for doing this in companies like Ameriprise Financial, Visa, and Allianz. Allianz and this is Allianz. It was a global uh, role as the COE head for workforce transformation and analytics at Allianz. Uh, now, I run a small consulting firm uh, called People Transformation Group. And my background before that has been in uh, commercial finance as well as business transformation in companies like uh, GE Capital and American Express. So I'm delighted to be here and I'd love to share my experiences. So our first question. The first question is for you to share an experience where you personally have had to demonstrate leadership. Um, but something that's been quite um, significant in your career. It may be something that happened a long time ago or more recently, but it's something that stuck with you about where you personally had to demonstrate leadership with others. What, what example can you offer us? Yeah, no, thank you. So um, the, the example that comes to my mind is really 2007 when I started when I moved from business transformation into HR to do workforce planning and analytics. And think of 2007, it's a very, very new field. Uh, mm. I myself new to HR. Uh, so not very many people knew what this whole body of work is about. Uh, in addition, it was it, it's, a, it's a financial services company with a lot of insurance and asset management. So, uh, you know, a lot of structure and a lot of, uh, how should I say, um, uh, you need to stick to low tolerance for risk. Okay. Mm -hmm. And here was this sort of new uh, group that nobody knew what it was supposed to do. And uh, in a sort of an entrepreneurial, you know, almost like a startup stage. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that, of course, you know, I credit a lot of my, how should I say, ability to, um, to lead and, you know, both from a personal leadership standpoint, as well as from the team leadership standpoint, to my leader, uh, Penny Meyer, who really enabled the whole, uh, uh, I guess, organization to be able to be supportive. Mm. And I think the key issue was that, one, people didn't know what workforce planning and analytics is. Second, the business didn't know. Third, the industry didn't know. You know, so not just HR, but even the industry, you know, we were still learning. And of course, least of all, we. So in that environment, we were trying to do something creative and trying to solve business problems with very little, how should I say, uh, you know, data that is accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, I didn't have a team. So fortunately, you know, I was able to really through personal initiative uh, demonstrate just through some basic, simple analytics the value of 
workforce analytics and what it could do to help make biz- better business decisions. So this was uh, sharing uh, tools that you could demonstrate would bring results. Is that it? Uh, sharing in- insights. Mm, sharing okay. simple insights like, okay, you know, you might have a problem with short tenure attrition in your call centers, you know, and it might be costing you so much. Mm. Okay. And, and therefore we should do, you know, out of all the different things that we do in HR, you know, this is the particular area that we should focus on and how to improve it, you know, through mm-hmm. surveys and so on. So that's one example. But the point is that, you know, very fortunately then I was given a small team. I mean, I was able to Given head, I was given headcount. And as I started growing my team, because there were no people who had done this sort of work earlier, I had to rely on a very disparate set of people, you know, very different expertise, very different strengths and weaknesses, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, different backgrounds, uh, very different styles of communication and interaction. <laughs> okay. And all doing something new and having to deliver value very quickly. And that really uh, tested my uh, leadership skills. And I think the key thing that I managed to do, and again, with the support of my uh, leaders and I guess the leadership team in HR, was to build an organization that is not really uh, in the way that, you know, traditionally, canonically, you're supposed to build an organization that is have defined roles and then try and fit people into those roles. Mm. Just because of the nature of our work and the environment, I had to do it very differently, almost the opposite, which means, look, these people or this particular person is likely to be likely to shine in this area. Okay. And therefore try and make a role that will help him shine. And, you know, very quickly I realized that it is the success of the people that are on my team that will enable (laughs) the success of the team and and my success. So that was very helpful. And I'm very fortunate that the team was a very became a very high performing team and we got uh, a significant amount of you know budget increasingly such that the, you know the, the business paid for my team to grow to 20 people world over um, by the time I left so yeah that's something that I can think of uh, going back just to get a sense of how long that was before it was high performing how, how long roughly yeah I would say so you know there are times pieces of it when it already started you know for the team size i was again very fortunate that we started performing very well right in the beginning itself you know that's how we started getting more and more headcount and more and more what should i say demand but uh to answer your question more specifically i think it took two years before i could say that we had the data right we had the team you know, the forming, norming, storming, you know, and the team dynamics and how we're going to work in our processes and our um, just, you know, various dynamics working well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was a fairly well-oiled machine by the end of about three, three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and I, I did this work for about five plus years at Ameriprise Financial. And what about uh, business leaders? When did you start to feel that they were gaining confidence in the analytics oh fortunately it was from day you know from three months on that's why i said mm-hmm. so the first thing that we did is take whatever data we've got and fortunately having come from you know drunk business reengineering and finance mm-hmm. we were able to understand what the specific business issues are number one number two we were able to quantify those you know the the, the issues 
the HR people issues in terms of dollars, in terms of, you know, and create a burning platform and therefore show that this is what is going on, the insight that they didn't have earlier right. and, and also the solution. So very fortunate that it started right in the beginning, but then of course, you know, it like, you know, it was a journey. Yeah. Excellent. Can you think of an example where you've seen someone in action demonstrate significant leadership? Yeah, thank you. No, it's a great question. And I, I've been very fortunate to have some great leaders. Uh, and I think one of them, I mean, of course, apart from the, the, the one that I mentioned at Ameriprise, the other one is at Allianz. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the CHRO, the global CHRO of Allianz. He was my leader, uh, somebody called Christian Fink. Mm -hmm. And Allianz, again, is this massive, uh, I think 120,000 people now, uh, company with at least 80 different operating entities worldwide, very federated structure, you know, European headquarters. So uh, in each of the different divisions have a significant amount of leeway into on, on how they run their business, so to speak. And here we were, you know, as part of HR transformation, we were trying to have one global HR, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so the, so, so, uh, now this is a very, uh, again, you know, risk averse company, if you will. Right. In addition, it was facing this issue of not issue, uh, the phenomenon of digital transformation in the industry. Mm -hmm. So it needed to change, uh, <clears throat> as well as there was significant cost pressures. Okay. More than normal. So there was a lot of, you know, tectonic shifts that were happening, uh, and, Generally, no other leader would have taken on this uh, uh, this task of trying to have one global HR in this environment. But you know, just the entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. of Christian that we were, you know, we took it on. Uh, the, the 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 issues were in addition. The issues were that it was a very uh, it, it wasn't a, a a strong how should I say directive that you each of the HR functions is going to transform and do it this way. It was more, it was almost a little bit of a coalition of the willing to start with. And each one, each CHRO of each of the operating entities had significant leeway as to how much to do and what not to do. So Christian was able to create this amazing dynamic within his own team first, you know, within the global team uh, of really people supporting each other. And we, of course, you know, all of us had our uh, pulls, our own self-interest or team self-interest, if you will. And yet with a significant amount of trust and support and really being very genuine about, you know, himself and even being vulnerable himself with us, uh, was able to create this dynamic that, you know, we kind of knew and f we felt and knew that at the end of the day, we were there for each other. You know, we would support each other, even though we would have our battles. <laughs> okay, all right, internal battles, uh, and uh, and and therefore uh, made a very significant uh, amount of progress in HR transformation, as well as in taking a lot of the newer or contemporary um, ways of running HR into Allianz, you know, one of them being this workforce transformation and analytics. So uh, from how you described it, it sounds as though there was a momentum created 
So there'll probably be people that were early adopters and there may have been some that were resistant. Uh, is that a fair kind of a summary of how that change happened? Oh, absolutely. Yes. There were the early adopters or there were the, we used to call it the coalition of the willing. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, yes, there were the, of course, there were the resistors, but, you know, the resistors in of itself is, is easier to deal with <laughs> than the passive aggressive resistors. <laughs> you know, the people who try to scuttle things. Mm. Uh, that is one. And second, I think there's a lot of, so again, I think I gave the example of think of when the U S United States was being formed and each of the different, uh, people who came representatives who came to the Congress were trying to rank, wrangle and finagle, you know, benefits mm. and, you know, the best pie in the cake for themselves. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's so so so, so it, it's those type of uh, deliberations, discussions, and battles <laughs> that we had to overcome. And again, how long did that take? Would you yeah, say? so uh, this was at least two years. Mm. You know, I mean, it was a journey of almost about four years. So I was, you know, I was party to it during the first two years. And I think you also mentioned trust. So Christian obviously had to build trust in the team, the immediate team, and, and at all levels, I guess, in order to convince everyone that uh, this was the right thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think the, you know, one of the key things that I saw happening, which I have not seen as much in other environments or situations or with other leaders, is, the, is just him being very vulnerable with his team. Number one. Number two, uh, generally, you know, not letting his team members face as much the brunt of the, of the, of the, of the blowbacks from the executives. Okay. Him being like, you know, and just calling it out like, okay, look, I am myself. I'm not, <laughs> you know, how should I say, uh, I'm not going to go to battle on this one because of this reason. Okay, I'm going to pick my battles. And uh, so, so, so it was just, in fact, you know, one example of that was, you know, we had this offsite where he had, you know, each of us had bonded so much with each other, you know, of course, over the course of our work, that when one of the team members was, he announced that he might be leaving, you know, these really strong, you know, powerful very seasoned executives of large businesses. Okay. Many of them were emotional that this mm -hmm. colleague of theirs is going to leave. What would you say are going to be the important things that leaders are required to be able to do going forward? Yeah, I think, I'm going to take it almost at a little bit of a philosophical level. I mean, in life mm -hmm. in general, and then come down to business. <clears throat> so you see in any relationship, uh, any, any team, any organization, whether, even if it is not business, you know, even if it is just family, there are enough and more pulls and pressures, pulls and pushes. Mm. And you're competing with there's values. You know, you have your own values. You want your peace of mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And at the same time, there's self-interest. 
And it's not just as a leader, it's not just your own self-interest. It's the interest of the team as well, the team that you lead and the organization that you lead. I mean, think of a, you know, a prime minister or a president of a country, you know, how much he or she might like to uh, be, you know, value driven. Mm-hmm. Okay, at the end of the day, he or she must carry the self-interest of the nation as well. So it, it, it's a difficult thing. Um, so I think at a philosophical level, you know, the ability to balance and navigate that, mm-hmm. uh, at least I haven't figured out, I think it will be great <laughs> if, 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 if we can try and figure it out. That's number one. Number two, in the corporate world I've seen, uh, there are leaders that, you know, and there are two spectrum of leaders. One spectrum, you know, as an example, the, the type that I described, like, you know, Christian and Penny, um, who, who, who are able to generate the trust. Okay. And then there's another spectrum who are very successful. Okay. However, they are able to be much more, um, you know, wheeler dealer like in terms of, you know, finding scapegoats mm-hmm. in terms of uh, being much, much more savvy about, you know, their own, how should I say, their own self-interest. And secondly, the, self, the, the interest of the team. And then last, the <laughs> interest of the company. Mm-hmm. Though they, you know, they can portray it the other way around. Okay. But, um, and I'm not saying, you know, it's not as much about right and wrong. It's, it's more about, you know, what is able to drive the quote unquote, the personal success of the person. Right. Um, it's not fun to work with such leaders, mm. you know, but, uh, it's one of those things that, that happens in companies. And, uh, so it'll be really wonderful to figure out how to balance, how to navigate. Um, and, 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 and yet, you know, create an environment where all these things all these different pulls and pressures and contradictions can be reconciled. You know, one of the things that I have noticed is, and, you know, this is over the years, you know, when I did engineering, you know, just, you know, look, and I'll date myself over here, you know, being able to look at log tables was important. <laughs> okay. Uh, but increasingly, a lot of the computation, you know, even when it comes to t- statistics, it's getting less and less, you know, just the ability to compute is getting less and less important, you know, because you have machines doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, increasingly, and I'm noticing this even in my consulting, it is just the ability, I mean, change management and the ability to take people along is becoming this significantly higher discretionary uh, driver of success, and not just at higher levels, even at junior levels. <clears throat> yeah. So I think as, as far as leadership is concerned, you know, focusing on change management, and even in my work, you know, workforce planning and analytics, you know, mm-hmm. people love to talk about the models and all the science behind it and things like that. And I say, that's the easier part of my job. <laughs> the bigger part is the change management is really bringing people along is to see, you know, what needs to be done, how it's to be done and so on and so forth. And, and in a coordinated fashion. So I think that is a, a key thing that I'm learning as far as, uh, you know, to your point about changing times. Mayank, Mayank Jane, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure is mine. Great talking to you. Thank you.